Well, we believe here at Springhouse that God has saved the best for right now. And, uh, and I am super excited to learn this morning about real living because we have the phenomenal Barbie Laughlin coming to speak to us. <laughs> Let's go, Pastor Barbie. <laughs> you will notice how he, like, you know, puts me central in, the, in a topic called simple. <laughs> there is a reason for that. I just want you to know... Um, I was just standing back uh, there thinking about, man, do you, do you realize how blessed you are? Do you, do you know what a wonderful inheritance you have? And uh, I'm standing back there thinking about just this lineage of grace that we have. And in a world where there's so many horror stories and there are so many things that are dark and depressing we have been given, our, our boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. One of the, the translations says, you have lain my stones in fair colors. And I'm just so grateful for what God has done in my life. I'm so grateful uh, for, for my bloodline. I'm so thankful for this spiritual inheritance that I have. And, and it's not glistening and shiny and, and special. There are no stars in my background, but they're the most beautiful people that God has poured into me through. And uh, I think I think I'm just a little bit nostalgic because this whole passage of scripture, which we don't have uh, on the screens, is has taken me back to Colossians. Justin, are you here? You have your word. Can you come up here and just grab a mic and, and share this first couple of scriptures out of Colossians? This whole passage, we're, we're getting into real life, real simple, <laughs> which is about the only way that I know to do it. And um, the more I thought about it, I thought, Lord, what was the simplest time in my life? What was the most uncomplicated time of my life? And I think maybe many of you would agree it was probably your childhood, you know, before you had to pay bills and before you had to take care of other people and could be selfish. <laughs> Hopefully we grow out of that. But those times in our life, so we're going to journey a little bit through that. Justin, if you would share the scriptures that we're going to go through. It's Colossians 3, 1 through 4. It says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the clarity and the direction that you give us through your word. And Lord, if we, we will just listen and obey, it is so simple. It's not easy, but it's simple, Father. And I thank you that you are a Father who explains things so that we can understand it. And Lord, I ask that that's what you do today, that you would just be with us, Lord. Speak to us in the way that we can understand, Father, and let us have hearts that are quick to do what you're calling us to do. You're so faithful and you're so good. Father, let them forget everything that is from me and let yours stand and produce fruit in Jesus' name. Um, God is just good. He's just good. I was thinking about, like I said, I was thinking about my childhood and I was thinking about this, this whole passage of Scripture that I'll share a little bit more about when it talks about set your mind on higher things. And it also says set your heart on higher things. So we get this directive that we are supposed to set our thoughts 
on things that are higher, things that are above, but we're also supposed to set our heart on things that are above. This tells me that our focus and our affection are supposed to be connected to the higher things, to the things that are above. And and in order for the Lord to do the things that we're getting ready to talk about, we have to address that in the beginning. You know, I was talking about having a wonderful inheritance. I, um, my grandmother and my grandfather, I lived with them quite a bit, but probably the strongest influences in my life were my granny and my papa and my mom. My papa, he taught me how to live a bi- the bios life. He taught me how to, to live in this flesh on this earth with good character. Now, see, I didn't come from family who was in church every week. My, my grandparents, I, I don't think I ever saw them in church, actually. But their lives were lived in such a way. Well, Papa's anyway. We're going to talk about Granny in a minute. But, uh, yeah, you know, God always, that, that puts the, the, the ones that aren't alive together. And Papa, you know, he had every reason to not be a, a, a godly man. Um, he had this uh, he worked the ground. He was a hard worker, but his history, my, my grandfather never knew who his father was because his mother was the town friendly person. And so he never knew who his dad was. He was raised in a single parent home um, with a whole lot of aspersions cast on his mother's character and on him. But he grew up to be such a good man. He, he cared for his family and he, he worked hard and um, watching his life, you know, he would come home from work. He worked the farm all the time, but he also worked for a concrete company. And so my granny would pack his lunch and it was one of those metal, you know, rounded top lunch boxes. And he, okay, he would either purposely save one thing or he would stop on the way home and get something because we would fight all the way to his truck to get what was left in his lunchbox, you know? And it's like, I don't want the banana. Let it be something good. And, you know, it's like he always, he was just always generous and he always thought about other people. And I would work with him in the farm and, and we would walk and we'd talk about things. And I'd be like, Papa, this is just hard. This this is hard. There's chickens, you know, there's, there's, there's cows and there's pigs and there's all of this. And you got to take care of all of them. You got to take care of all of this. And isn't it just so much work? And he said, you know, and he'd point up toward the house and he'd say, it's them that matters. And he'd point toward the house and toward my granny and toward, you know, the family that says, it's them that matters. And everything in his life would have told you that he loved he, he would say, it's not work. It's not work. He'd say, it's an honor and it's a privilege to take care of the people that you love. You know, and sometimes we get burdened and we get heavy because we got to take care of somebody else when really what we need to do is understand that that's an honor and that's a privilege and it is a higher thing. When we set our mind on things above, We're going to go on to talk about heaven. But when we set our mind on things above, everything shifts and it changes. Now, my granny, on the other hand, taught me what not to do. Um, But she was wonderful. She was about this tall. I could pat her on the head and it would make her mad. And you did not want to make her mad. Twice in my life, twice in my life, she confronted people with shotguns over me. I was so proud. (laughs) 
you know, it's like, you know, <laughs> one was an old boyfriend and there was this door got kicked and then you heard that and he's like, hey, I was just leaving. <laughs> and my granny's like, yes, you are. He's like, I'll call you later. <laughs> oh, I wasn't real smart. Anyway. But that's who she was, the woman at the well. I'm sorry, I know I'm just taking you on a journey, but there was a woman at the well story that we had, you know, but ours was completely different because we drew our water from a well. The community drew the water from the well. And you know anybody who has a well, (laughs) there's so many of you out here, (laughs) you know if you have a well, it's very important that when you go and you draw water from that well, you don't bump the side of the well because it muddies the water. So if you lower a pail, you bring it straight up and you leave the water pure for the next people, right? You all know this. (laughs) You know. (laughs) And so there was this woman in town who kept, she didn't like my granny, and and she would bump the well, and she would bump the sides of the well. And so every time, she knew what time my granny went to draw water, and she would bump that well. And so every time my grandmother would go to draw water, it was muddy, and it was messed up. Until that morning when my granny got to the well first. (laughs) And uh, needless to say, the woman's hair grew back. (laughs) And she never did that again. And see, and now when they talk about the woman in the well, from Scripture, I have a whole different image (laughs) in mind because of my inheritance. Now, my mother, on the other hand, she taught me about things that were spiritual, things that were right and good and in keeping with the Word. And and she would tell me, you know, we didn't have a whole lot, and she would tell, I would, you know, get my eyes on something that somebody else had, and maybe I wasn't so pleased with what I had because my eyes were, were on what they had. And And over and over in my life, she'd say, now, Barbie, don't you fall in love with the world. Don't you fall in love with the world. You can appreciate what God's done for you. You can enjoy the things, but don't you fall in love with it. Because if you fall in love with it, your heart's going to follow after it. And you don't want it to follow after that. And she would always tell me, she'd she'd use the scripture and she'd say, Barbie, I want you to think about things. When when you start seeing all of this stuff that you think you want or you think you want to be a part of, I want you to set your mind on something else. And I want you to set your mind on things above. And to me as a child, the things that were above, that had to be heaven, you know. And and I loved that. There was never a time in my childhood when I even considered that there wasn't a heaven. There was never a time. The, The way that I grew up, our lives are a continuation into eternity. When we close our eyes in death, we step across into the rest of our life. I don't believe that eternity begins when we close our eyes in death. I believe eternity begins when we receive Christ as our Savior and we are new creation in Christ. And I think that is just a breath to step across. And so my mom would always talk about life is a vapor. Life is a vapor. You know, this life is short. It's so short in comparison to eternity. So don't waste your time thinking about being so concerned and so worried about what's happening in this life. You got a whole eternity waiting for you. Let everything that you do on this planet have that in mind. Have that as your background going, this is just part of the journey. And so mama would say, I want you to, 
Barbie, just go think about heaven. <laughs> Barbie, just, just, just go and go think about what's next. Go think about eternal things. And I would go and I would lay in the grass. I know this shocks my husband and my family because I'm like, ooh, grass? And uh, <laughs> I used to go outside a lot. <laughs> um, now it's just like hot and there's dirt. Um, anyway, and so I would go and I would lay in the grass and I would look up at the heavens. To me, this was the fulfillment of this scripture. Set your mind on higher things. And the higher thing to me was heaven. And I would lay in the grass and I would look up at the heavens and I would imagine. I mean, I used to hear about those eastern skies splitting all the time. And, and so I'd try to imagine what that was going to look like. And, and I would hear about, you know, what I just, I just wondered what it was going to be like when those clouds rolled back. And see, I knew that there were supposed to be streets of gold, but I really didn't care anything about gold. I grew up in the holler, and gold's not real important there, you know? And, and there were gates of pearl, and that didn't interest me either, because pearls were for sissies, and everybody knows that. <laughs> but I knew that there was this tree of life, and I figured it's probably good for climbing, and I'd heard that there was a river that ran through it. And I thought, that's probably, probably pretty good for swimming. And I could imagine these tire swings. And, and I could imagine, and I was thinking, I don't know, Lord, can felt board Jesus go from a tire swing into the water? And then I thought, well, you know, on that felt board, it talked about, I saw pictures of him, you know, with lambs and lions and and I saw pictures of him holding kids. And, and so I decided right then he was probably like a mix between Steve Irwin and Mr. Rogers. <laughs> and if it was a mix between Steve Irwin and Mr. Rogers, then most assuredly he would do a rope swing into the river. <laughs> and I just, you know, I would ponder these things. And, and I know it's not just me, right? <laughs> I seriously contemplated. I thought, how far will Kevin let me push this? You know, can we all go lay in the grass for a moment? What will the news cameras say if we do so? They say no publicity is bad publicity. <laughs> and anyway, anyway, I digress. <laughs> but my question is this. I spent a lot of time, a lot of time as a child, pondering what was next. I pondered heaven. I pondered what Jesus would be like. I thought about it. It was so real to me. It was just so real to me that, that my life kind of was measured against it. The life that I lived on this planet just kind of laid against my idea of eternity, and I kind of weighed and measured it against that. And it allowed things to just, it's just a different perspective when we can look at our lives in light of the eternity to come. But one of the things we've stopped doing is we've stopped pondering what's next. We've stopped laying in the grass, thinking about the life that God has promised us. You know that when he says, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And I used to think about that. I used to think about, you know, what's he preparing for me? 
What, you know, what is the place that he's preparing? I think we lose that sometimes. And when we lose that, a whole lot happens in our hearts and in our minds that are supposed to be set up on above. I think that's why the next passage of Scripture that is in this that, that we were going to read, it begins to talk about put these things to death in your life. Have your mind set on Christ. Think about the things that are better, that are higher, that, that uplift the soul, and then let your heart and your affections be toward those things. Think bigger. Get the bigger picture. And when that happens, when you get that going in your spirit, next. Put to death these things that shouldn't be a part of your life anymore. Sexual immorality, impurity, greed, lust, things like that. And sometimes people focus on get these things out of your life. When really, if you do the first, these things just start dying a supernatural death. They just start dying a supernatural death. You know, we, we're like, oh, I've got, I've got these addictions and I've got these habits and I've got these things. Turn your eyes toward him. Let your hope rise in what's next. Um, these things, you know, what happens is we begin to focus on the Lord and we begin to, to turn toward Him and these things start dying in our life. These things that we thought we would always struggle with, these, uh, these sins, and they start to die in our life. And then we do this thing. You know, you might have an issue with um, sexual impurity or uh, immorality. You might have an issue with pornography. And that thing is dying in your life. And then one day you just go on that website. And you go on that website and what happens is this thing that had lost breath in your life, CPR gets performed and it starts beating again in your life. And we put them to death through what? If you pull that scripture, this scripture tells us that we are to be renewed in our minds into the image of our creator, God. We're supposed to be renewed in our minds. And, and one of the things that we don't do is we try to get rid of things without replacing them with something. You know, and so we've got this big vacuous place in our, in our hearts and our spirits and in our habits that time at 8 o'clock when you had alone time with your computer, you know, all, you got to fill that time with something. Fill it with the Word. Fill it with the truth. Fill it with something. Fill it with what God has for you. And watch what God does. And quit resuscitating the thing. Quit resuscitating the thing. Sometimes we want to put rules around a sin or we want to relegate it to here and keep battling and battling battling it when he says put it to death, which means deprive it of breath. Take away the breath from that thing. Take away the life from it. And it goes on to talk about the things that says kill these things. Then it says Get rid of these things. Get rid of what things? See, kill these things. These are habits and behaviors and addictions. And then it says get rid of, which means stop doing and cast away from you these things. What things? Anger, malice, rage, slander. You know, these, these are behaviors that we have, if you think about it, that are against others. These are the ones that we kill are the ones that are uh, ruling our life. And these are the ones that speak 
pour things over others. Stop doing it. One of the things the Lord really checked in my spirit was when you see yourself begin to do these things, you're not pondering anymore. Your, your thoughts have left where they were supposed to be. And your heart has left where it was supposed to be. Your mind and your affections have turned toward that. And the Lord just really, uh, said, what he had poured into my spirit was when you begin to do that, check your word level. Check your word level. Because what will change your habits? What will put these things to death? It's only the word of God. It's only the word of God. There are a thousand. Okay, let's go. There are like... 500,000 self-help books out there. There are so many books out there that will tell you how to fix your life and fix yourself. And, and they're great. You know, man, if you can go through there and you can like, oh, I'll apply that one for a while. Oh, wait, I'll apply that one for a while. But the Word of God, the Word of God is the only thing that will truly renew your mind. It'll, it's the only thing that'll, that'll make you behave differently, respond differently, think differently, and feel differently. Why? Because it's the only thing, it's the only book whose author will come and walk it with you. He's the only one, it's the only book where this Spirit of God, this truth of God, the Word is alive and active, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It is alive and active. I want you to think about that. I shared this a long time ago, that they, one of the researches that, uh, that well, some of the research that's going on right now is about sound waves and how they never stop. They never stop. Sound waves are alive, and they will continue and continue and continue as they go out into the universe. They continue. And one of the things that they're trying to do right now is to re retrieve sound waves from inanimate objects because they say that sound waves can literally get caught in the walls. They can get caught in a tree trunk. They can get caught in living things, and they continue to move. And I was thinking about that word that is alive and it is active and it is sharp. And when the Lord releases it, his word says that he will send his word and he will heal you. It says he will send you his word and it will accomplish what he has sent it to do. He says it will never return void unto him. So if you will release the word of God in your life over these areas and over these areas and set your mind and your heart toward him, God will do the work. You can't escape the word, man. I'm telling you. You know, it, it, do you ever have do you ever have those moments where, you know, you're just talking about random things and all of a sudden you'll go, well, you know, um, <laughs> you know, well, Jesus said this, and you're like, what? I didn't even know I knew that. But your spirit did. Your spirit did. Every word that's been spoken over you is still moving. Every word that's been spoken over. That's why harsh words are so harm, harmful because they keep moving too. So anyway, the uh, Lord just really began to put in my heart when I stop pondering the higher things. When we stop pondering the higher things, we start moving in these and in these. Does anybody relate to that? Uh, would you like to share your story? <laughs> so getting our minds renewed and the final thing I just want to talk to you about is God wants to be that difference for you and part of that is in getting your minds and your hearts set toward him to set toward him I was 
talking with my papa or I was walking with my papa one day and it was chaos and we were standing up on the hill and I don't know, you know, I was looking back on it now, I'm thinking, yeah, there was a family reunion, so of course he wouldn't have been down there with them, you know, <laughs> and we'd gone and we'd picked some blackberries and, and um, actually at that point in time, he had kind of pulled my arm back and it's just be calm, it's okay, pull my arm back and there's a snake sitting there, you know, and God gives us people that watch over our lives and speak into our lives. And anyway, we kept that heel and and he just began to tell me, you know, they're the ones that matters. They're the reasons that they, that they're the reasons that you walk and that you do the things that you do. And I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the way that he taught me to love and taught me to lead and not let go. When the Lord told me about, uh, when I began to talk to the Lord about heaven and what it's going to be like, I asked my mom, I said, what's it going to be? And that one day she had had enough, (laughs) you know, she'd had enough conversations about what it would be like and everything. And finally she said, Barbie, I said, Barbie, I just want you to know when you go to heaven, what's going to be there are the things that cause you to gasp in awe and stand in wonder. Gasp in awe and stand in wonder. And this is exactly what I thought it would be if you can show them. Oh. Can you hear the old the clicking of the old wooden <laughs> coasters? This is what I would see. This is what I would see. Little did I know that life on this earth would become more of a roller coaster than I would have expected. But this... This, I still see it. I still see it when I think about the things that I love and the things that make me laugh and, and, and stand in awe and, and gasp in wonder and go back. I know that there are going to be a million wonderful, amazing things. I'm going to get to know Christ. I'm going to get to know this Jesus that we talked about. I'm going to get to talk to the Holy Spirit and just like really begin to understand these things. But this roller coaster, it represented so much to me. It represented, because see, I'd never been on one at that time. I'd heard about it, just kind of like heaven. I had never been there, but I'd heard about it. And this was one of the things, and I would think about these wonderful things that would be there. I'll pull the team on out if you'll come. And I got to thinking about it, and I thought, you know what? One day I'll get to sit with my mama again, because... My life's not going to stop here, and your life's not going to stop here. Where it goes from here really is up to the decisions that you make when you walk it out. I'm going to sit with her again. I'm going to walk with her again. I'm going to see her again. And when I do, she's not going to be limping because her leg is hurt. She's not going to have the gray hair. She's going to be my sister in Christ, and I'm going to get to talk with her and laugh with her, and and she will be in the middle of her prime, and it's going to be the most amazing thing. I look forward to that, and I have to remind myself that it's real. I have to remind myself that I'm going to see her again. Same thing with my papa, man. I'm going to walk with him. I'm pretty sure Granny made it. Pretty sure. (laughs) Please, Jesus. Anyway, those are real. That's real to me. That's real to me. And and I just want you to know I want I want Aaron and Kate and Dustin and Katie 
and Matthew and Rachel, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be waiting on you. You better be there. You better be there. And I've got 10 grandkids, almost. I've got two coming. <laughs> so Parker, Zaylor, Bo, Skylin, Alyssa, Savannah, Hunter, Rowan, Jeremiah, and Nora. You have callings on your life and you have something to be about in this world. And, and I want you to finish everything that he's called you to do. And I want you to, to run your race and you do it well. And when the time comes for you to step into that eternity, I want you to know that Nana's going to ride a roller coaster with you. Guys, it doesn't stop here. Live your life in such a way, with such an insight. Set your mind and your heart on Him. Set your mind, set your thoughts, your focus, your affection. Don't let it be wasted on the world. Don't be, let it be wasted on things and stuff. Let it, let it be consumed with loving people, with being compassionate, with being kind, with showing grace, with showing mercy, walking in forgiveness toward one another, because that's what matters. That's what matters. And when you are done, when this vapor, when this life is a vapor is finished, step across and go on home. Step across and go on home. My mom used to say, you can't threaten me with heaven. What's the worst thing that can happen is you go home. You go home. So we're going to take just a moment and we're going to set our minds on higher things. We're going to sing one more time. Worthy is the Lamb. And we're going to reset our minds. We're going to set our focus on Him. And that's my prayer for you today, that you would allow the Lord to refocus you, reset your heart on the things that are important so that the rest of it becomes pretty simple. I was racing around the parking lot next, next door and I was trying to get out of Kroger parking lot. I went to one exit and there was a bulldozer across the road. I'm like, okay, and I backed up a minute. And I went over to the next exit, and there was dirt piled across that one. So I backed up again, and I went to the one at the back off of Rock Springs, and there was a car that had died at that one. And so I had to make a decision. Will I walk this out in faith? <laughs> will I take a breath, and will I just go and take another? It can get complicated. It can get so complicated. But He makes it so simple. He makes it so simple. So Father, that's what I pray today. Lord, that You would simplify this for us. That we could see our lives in the light of eternity, Father. Which makes all of the rest of it pretty simple. We're going to focus on You and bless You today. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you would stand for just a moment.